Welcome to the Women on the Rise podcast. I'm Jen Blandos, and I am so excited to share with you that for the next 30 days, I am introducing you to 30 of Female Fusions members from around the world. They are going to share with you their stories of entrepreneurship, their highs, the lows, what inspired them to get into business, which I hope will inspire you along your entrepreneurial journey. Welcome to the Women on the Rise podcast. And this month, I am so excited to bring to you 30 inspirational female fusion members who are changing the world with their businesses. And today I'm sitting down with Jan Elmahari, who is the founder of Bark Park in the Canine Kitchen in Dubai. Welcome to the podcast, Jan. Thank you, Jen. Now, I am so excited to have you here um, because I'm also a customer of yours and I love your business and I love what you do. So before we jump in, do you want to tell everybody a bit about your business? Sure. So, um, so my name's Jan and both of my businesses have really happened accidentally and all because of certain dogs or specific Mm -hmm. dogs. So Bart Park came about after I adopted another Saluki, um, who I named a Sal and then found there was nowhere to safely allow her to run off the lead. Uh, That was in 2016. And she's quite a precocious lady, as our Asal, and she really needed to run. So I joined a group called the Saluki Fun Run, which is a, a bunch of Saluki owners always looking for a safe space to allow their dogs off the lead. And that's where the idea came from. And then it was quite challenging to get a license because it was the first dog park in the UAE and of course the law is dogs should be on the lead and so the municipality weren't too familiar with what I was trying to create however I persevered and visited them almost every week and said hello I've come (laughs) to talk about the dog park Um, and ultimately I think probably to get rid of me they agreed to come and see the site that I had found and they were like oh oh, yeah, this is great. Yes, you can have a license. And I was licensed wow. within the week. But wow. it took a year to get to that point. So, And there is, look, sometimes in entrepreneurship, you get told no so many times, yeah. don't you? <laughs> yeah, you have to. That, that's one of the lessons from going solo, even though it was never planned. Um, you have to be tenacious and you have to be determined. But I always find politely determined is what works in this country. Yeah. yeah. And so you have Bark Park, which mm-hmm. is an off-leash dog park. Yeah. It's also a boarding facility yeah. as well. So, so how it all happened. So initially, I never set up Bark Park with a business mind. It was really to satisfy a, a dog. A yeah. <laughs> My dog. Um, <laughs> and then, it, and of course, it, 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 others came and enjoyed it. And in the beginning, we were only open weekends. It was only me. We closed in the summer, but we became popular I was definitely answering a need and so after a year I was able to employ my first employee who is still with me in fact he's my right hand man and runs most of the day-to-day operations now and that allowed us to to open more and get a bit more serious and then the daycare and boarding also came through my customers asking for it you know will you look after my dog for me I'm traveling and I'm like oh no I don't really want to do that and then I thought well why don't you want to do it, Jan? And I think that's the other thing. As a, a reluctant entrepreneur, you have to think, well, why are you holding yourself back? And it was maybe because I had a 
negative impression of kennels and I didn't really want to have dogs in kennels. So I created cage-free boarding. And the dogs that stay with us are in a home-style lounge setup. Everything's designed from the dog's point of view. In fact, I'd say that's the crux of my business. Is it's not actually a business decision. It's would I do that for my dogs? Would my dogs like that? Would I use that on my dogs? And if the answer is no, then I don't do it. So that, that's a very nice situation of having your own business to, to decide what to do. And we still to today do that. So our boarding also became very popular and then came daycare. So we were able to get a van. We got a bank loan from the bank, another challenge where they initially said wow. no. Yeah. <laughs> How long we did it take business. you to get a bank loan? Um, we'd been operational for about two years on, on paper, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, again, the first answer was no. And so I went in to talk to them and explain and show them how this would grow my business. And I really needed their help. And they said yes. So that was quite amazing. Um, and we have a second van now as well, also through the bank. So we hear terrible stories of banks here. But I always feel there's always a way to find to work with people. Yeah. And if if most people want to help you, if you go into a bank or a government department and say, this is what I want to do and here's my problem, they'll try to help you. That's yeah. my experience. But I guess it's how you communicate it, right? Communication for everything. Yeah. It really is. But even I hear from banks, I mean, that yeah. banks are not easy in the UAE, but they're also not easy in a lot of other Correct. countries as well. Yeah. And what I hear, though, from banks, because I always talk to the banks as well mm. about how can you make it easier? How can you give loans to female entrepreneurs? Yeah. And oftentimes they say they're like, it's not that we don't want to give a loan. It's yeah. that we don't get the right information. So yes. there's the assumption that you will speak with the bank and say, bank manager, I would like a loan but then not have all of the information that they need to actually authorise giving you a loan. So they can't give you a loan. Yeah, and I mean, the banks, they are bound by their own policies and their internal decision-making trees, if you like. So it takes, and if you can give them the information, and if you could, I mean, I asked them to help me, and they did. And then the second time round, I went into them and said, you know, last time it was a little bit difficult, I really am expanding. I would like to buy another van. Would you help me? Straight away, yes. Because you had that relationship. Yeah, yeah. So I think relationships and everything is, is definitely key. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, yeah. it's really funny uh, across all of the podcast interviews that I yeah. do with our more established businesses, relationships and networking are what everybody says yeah. is what the key to success was for them. And, and saying thank you. So... Once I got my loan, I then sent a very nice email, copied in, even the CEO of MBD, and said thank you, because they helped me in a tiny little business at that time. Yeah. So I think that's very much key. When do you know, um, because there is there is always a bit of a risk when you start maybe a different line or a different area of your business. Yeah. And you've done that a few times. So you started first with the the off-leash area and then you did boarding and then you've done daycare and you've gone even further. Um, what, what enables you to make those decisions? 
So the, the next progression was the canine kitchen, which is raw food and healthy treats for dogs. But the story of that also comes back to one of my dogs, um, who around about 12 months old just developed a whole host of, of allergies and was basically diagnosed as being allergic to life. So he had Aww. food allergies, environmental allergies, chemical allergies, any allergy you could name. Sirhan had it. And then he spent the next few years just on a merry-go-round. So, and it's a very familiar story with lots of dog owners. So their dog has a skin rash, an ear infection, chews its paws, loses its hair. You go to the vet, you get antibiotics, steroids, antifungal, special shampoo, special prescription food. And those help for a little while, but they never heal the, the dog. They never cure what the problem is. And a real chance encounter, and this is also sort of how the world works. Sometimes things just happen to you that, that take you on a path you never expected. And, and they, that fellow Saluki owner said, why don't you feed raw? Never heard of raw feeding for dogs. Yeah. And, and I'm a vegetarian, uh, so I wasn't keen. I'm a lifelong vegetarian, and I really didn't fancy having to cut up meat for my dog. However, we love our dogs, and we will try anything when yeah. they're in distress. So this would be almost 10 years ago, so well before um, Bart Park. And I researched and I studied and I thought, I'm going to give it a go. So I <laughs> started off making my own raw food because I couldn't find a reliable source at that time. And the, the change was amazing. It was almost miraculous. Within a few days, his skin was less red. Within a few weeks, his coat was growing back. And... He's never had an ear infection or anything wow. since then. So that, that's almost like a miracle. Yeah. Um, but it's true because what we put in our body affects us so much. Definitely. And whilst, of course, I went um, non-chemical cleaning and I did a lot of changes in the household. Yeah. But ultimately, food was what was causing the majority of his issues. And so after you experimented with this, how soon until you introduce that to your business? So a good few years. So I was now feeding raw to all of my dogs um, and they were all thriving. And my vet bill went down <laughs> substantially. And, and then along came a sow and then along came Bart Park. And then my customers would say to me, oh, Jan, your dogs look amazing. How do they look so well and healthy and shiny coats? And, and I said, what do you feed them? We'd get onto this conversation. I said, well, I make my own dog food for my own dogs. Because, and we talk about Sir Han's story. Yeah. And my dog, it's the same with my dog. Oh, could you make it for me? So that yeah. was sort of how the canine kitchen started, very informally, um, probably not legally. I was just kind of helping some friends who were yeah. also customers making food for their dog. And then I sat, had to sit down one day and thought, I can't do this because it's not how you should operate here. And I'm I'm someone that must go by the rules. Of course, yeah. And and I'd known how difficult it had been to get part part licensed. And I didn't want to risk that licensed yeah. in any way by doing something wrong. So I had to sit down and think, am I going to do this? Because if I'm going to do it, I have to do it properly. And that's going to cost money. And then I put my business hat on. So part part very much a labor of love, never yeah. had a business plan, never had anything organically grew if you like so that was wonderful but the canine kitchen is 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 the business part of Jan if you like yeah, so yeah. I did the market study I did a business plan I did everything and that cost money I needed a commercial kitchen 
And to have a kitchen, it must be a human food grade kitchen. But because I'm producing food for animals, I cannot use a human cloud kitchen. So I needed my own kitchen. Your own kitchen. So wow, that's a huge extra expense. Did you, go back to, did you go back to the bank again? No, 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 no. Wow. I went to friends and family because okay. that was substantial. Yes. And it's not a van that they can mortgage and, they, yeah. you know, it's, it's not they like that. They can't take that. your sink back. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, and, and again, working with the municipality because they mm -hmm. have to approve all these things. And again, it was like, oh God, Jan, what do you want to do now? <laughs> and, but they helped me yeah. and they told me what I had to do. They set up a new category actually for, for raw food. You're uh, a, you're a bit <laughs> of a legend for setting up new categories. <laughs> well, I just think it's how you approach people and if yes. they believe in you and they can see you're genuine, yeah. um, they want to help you. That's my experience of Dubai. People want to help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I agree with you. All, yeah. all the time. doesn't matter what the situation. You can be broken at the side of the road. Someone will stop and help yeah. you. It's amazing. So that's very positive. So, so they helped me. And, of course, I had to do my kitchen. I had to be inspected by another section of Dubai municipality, be approved. Then you have to register all your products. And then you have to do all your packaging so that that's a totally different kettle of fish and yeah, yeah. that's a lot of money and so when you've done that now mm -hmm. um because you've had the canine kitchen for a while what's next for for you with so all the at the moment the focus is on the canine kitchen and expanding so we're developing new products as we speak and we're also putting ourselves out into uh, other places so i Never ever thought I would be like B2B. I've always been B2C, so pricing became a bit of an issue. Yes. I'd never priced to be a B2B provider, yeah. but that's what we're working on now. And I'm going into the pet shop fairly soon. Oh, great. And a few of their locations. So it's wonderful to have their support too. And into some select daycare, boarding and some vets as well. And and with, with our existing product line, but with new product lines as well. And now it's all about growing um, I have a very nice, loyal customer base like yourself, yeah. but I need to now get more known and, and have more people coming to the canine kitchen. Well, that's the, the growth, isn't it, is yeah. getting other people to find out about yeah. you. Otherwise, you're the world's best kept secret. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I am so excited to <laughs> see what's you. going to come <laughs> because I am a customer. Um, my My dog's love your food, love Thank your you. treats. I have one very old dog, well, he's 14. And it's funny, every time he goes to the vet, the vet always says, it's like, are you sure he's 14? He looks like he's yeah. about seven or eight. And I, I do believe that that's a result of the the healthy food that he eats as yeah. well. Sirhan is now 15 years old. So Sirhan, the inspiration, the original experiment for, for delving into raw feeding, he's 15 years old now wow. and he's doing very, very well. Well, long may Sirhan continue. Thank you. And I am looking forward to seeing the growth of your business over the next couple of years. Thanks very much. Thanks for being on the podcast, Jen. Thanks, Jen. If you loved today's episode, why not come and join us in Female Fusion? The doors are open for our membership right now. And in our membership, you will get to meet the most inspiring, wonderful female entrepreneurs. And you know, when I speak with our members, the thing that they say to me that they love the most is the community. That the community is filled with the nicest, most supporting, uplifting female entrepreneurs. And who wouldn't want to be part of a membership like that? 
Foods, where doors are open, all you need to do is head over to femalefusionnetwork.com forward slash join. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.